ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we are still on surah al-fajr and we are now at the final section of it we just stopped near the ayah wa jaa rabbuka wal malaku saffan saffa and your lord comes with the angels in rows so we spoke about this briefly last time wa jaa rabbuka if a person was to say how did your lord come how did your lord come kayfa yaji naqul hadha bid'ah hadhihi alqa'idah iltazimuha wa kullu insanin yas'alu an so in this ayah when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said wa jaa rabbuka an your lord came if somebody was to say how will allah come we say this question is a bid'ah it is an innovation and so as shaykh al-ithaymin rahimahullah ta'ala says stick to this principle stick to this principle that any person who asks about how the attributes of Allah are how they are then that individual is an innovator this question is an innovation it is not possible for us to know how Allah will do or how these these attributes are famawqifuna min mithli hadhihi alayah wa jaa rabbuka an nu'mina bi anna Allah yaji lakin ala ayyi kayfiyah Allahu a'lam so we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come on that day but how that we do not know Allah knows والدليل قوله تعالى ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير that there is nothing like unto Allah and he is the all hearing and the all seeing so there is no comparison no equal no similarity no resemblance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَنَحْنُ نَعْلَمُ النَّفِ وَلَا نَعْلَمُ الْإِثْبَاتِ يعني نعلم أنه لا يمكن أن يأتي على كيفية إتيان البشر ولكننا لا نثبت كيفيته هذا هو الواجب علينا
So we know that there is no possibility of Allah's coming being like how people would come. So there is going to be no comparison. And so we cannot establish or affirm a description of how Allah will come on that day. But we affirm, as Allah says, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ And your Lord comes. وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا And the angels, your Lord comes with the angels in rows. So here, Al-Malak, Al-Huna Lil-Umum, Yani Jami'ul Malaika, Yatun, the angel that is being mentioned, or the angels that are being mentioned here, that they will come, it is in reference to all of the angels. All of the angels will come on that day. Al-Huna Lil-Umum, Ya'ni Jami'ul Malaika, Ya'tun, Yanziluna wa Yuhiquna Bil-Khalq, that all of the angels will descend and they will encompass and surround the creation. Tanzilu malaikatu samai dunya. The angels of the lowest heaven they descend. Thumma malaikatu samai thaniyah wahalumma jurra. Then the angels of the second heaven and so on. Meaning the angels of the third heaven and the fourth heaven. They will all come and surround the creation. يُحِيطُونَ بِالْخَلْقِ إِظْهَارًا لِلْعَظَمَةِ They will encompass the creation to highlight the greatness that day. وَإِلَّا فَإِنَّ الْخَلْقِ لَا يُمْكِنُ أَنْ يَفِرُّ يَمِينًا وَلَا شِمَالًا لكن إظهارا لعظمة الله وتهويلا لهذا اليوم العظيم. On that day, people will not be able to flee to the right or to the left in any direction anyway. The people will not be able to flee anywhere anyway. But the angels will surround them to highlight the greatness of Allah. Not that they need to surround them to make sure nobody flees. Nobody will be able to flee on that day. But they will surround them to demonstrate the greatness of Allah and to highlight to you that it will be a terrifying day. تَنزِلُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ يُحِيطُونَ بِالْخَلْقِ so the angels, they descend and surround the creation. وَهَذَا الْيَوْمِ يَوْمٌ مَشْهُودٌ يَشْهَدُهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ وَالْحَشَرَاتُ وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ And that is a day that is witnessed and seen and observed by the angels, by the people, by the jinn, by the insects and animals. 
as it mentions in the Quran. And even when the beasts, the animals are resurrected on that day too. So that is a tremendous day. And we cannot imagine it now. It is far greater than anything we can imagine. الأمر الثالث مما به الإنذار في هذا اليوم بعد أن عرفنا الأمر الأول وهو مجيء الله ثم سفوه الملائكة قال وجيء يومئذ بجهنم So now that we have learned that on that day Allah comes and the angels, they all come in rows surrounding the creation. Then on top of that, it mentions, That the hell, the hellfire will be brought near on that day. وَلَمْ يَذْكُرْ الْجَائِي لَكِنْ قَدْ دَلَّتِ السُّنَّةِ أنه يؤتى بالنار تقاد بسبعين ألف زمام كل زمام منها يقوده سبعون ألف ملك It doesn't mention here who will bring the hellfire near that day but there are evidences in the sunnah that indicate that the hellfire will be dragged forth on that day with 70,000 rains 70,000 rains like ropes 70,000 of them and every one of those rains like ropes there will be 70,000 angels on each one 70,000 rains on each one, 70,000 angels dragging forth the hellfire on that day. وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا قُوَّةُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ قُوَّةٌ لَيْسَتْ كَقُوَّةِ الْبَشَرِ لَا كَقُوَّةِ الْجِنِّ بَلْ هِيَ أَعْظَمْ وَأَعْظَمْ بِكَثِيرٌ And how will you understand the power and strength of the angels, it is a power and strength that is not like what we as humans have or even what the jinn have, but it is a power and strength far greater than that. And there are stories in the Quran that tell us about the jinn at the time of Sulaiman alayhi salam. How some of those jinn, they could fly in the air and come back with items in the blink of an eye. They were able to do things and those stories are mentioned regarding Sulaiman alayhi salam in the Quran, in Surah An-Naml and other places. So then after that, وَهُمْ يَجُرُّونَ هَذِهِ النَّارِ بِسَبْعِينَ أَلْفَ زِمَامِ كُلُّ زِمَامِ يَجُرُّهُ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلَكِ إِذَنْ هِيَ عَظِيمَةِ 
هذه النار إذا رأت أهلها من مكان بعيد سمعوا لها تغيضا وزفيرا So it is a tremendous fire that even from a distance it becomes known and it becomes heard of the, the, the boiling and the affairs occurring within that fire. وَلَيْسَتْ كَزَفِيرِ الطَّائِرَاتِ وَالْمَعِدَاتِ زَفِيرْتًا خَلِعْ مِنْهُ الْقُلُوبِ And these sounds are not like what you are accustomed to, but they will be sounds that terrify your heart. They are sounds that will cause a great fear and fright within your heart. So it mentions now three things here. There are three things. فَلِهَذَا أَنذَرَنَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى مِنْهَا فَهَذِهِ ثَلَاثَةُ أُمُورِ كُلُّهَا إِنذَرَ There are three affairs being mentioned here. All of them are warnings. The first, مَجِئُ الرَّبِّ جَلَّ جَلَالُهُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come on that day. Secondly, صُفُوفُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ that the angels will come in rows on that day surrounding the creation. And thirdly, Al-Ityan bi Jahannam, that the hellfire will be brought near on that day. So then Allah tells us, Yawma Idin Yatadakarul Insanu wa anna lahudhikra. On that day. Man will remember, but how will remembrance on that day benefit him? Then he will remember, mankind will then realize. But then what will remembering and realizing on that day avail you? It is of no benefit to you then on that day. The opportunity and the chance for your deeds has gone. So Allah tells us, on that day man will remember then, when all of that is witnessed, but how will remembrance be of benefit to him then on that day? وَأَنَّا لَهُ الذِّكْرَى يعني إذا جاء الله في يوم القيامة وجاء الملك الملائكة صفوفا صفوفا وأحاطوا بالخلق وحصلت الأهوال والأفزاع يتذكر الإنسان يتذكر أنه وعد وعد بهذا اليوم So on that day of judgment when the angels they come in rows and they surround the creation and all of the terrors and the frights of that day they occur then a person will reflect and remember will realize and he will remember that he was promised that day. He will remember on that day how he was promised that day. How he in this dunya, the revelation came and the knowledge came and he was promised. That day would occur. On that day he will then remember that certainly he was promised the coming of this day. مِنْ قِبَلِ الرُّسُلْ عَلِهِمُ الصَّلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ And that he was taught it from the messengers 
And that the prophets and messengers they warned, they taught about these affairs and they warned about them and uh, uh, made the people fear from those affairs and the uh, accountability and the day of resurrection. وَلَكِنْ مَنْ حَقَّتْ عَلَيْهِ كَلِمَةُ الْعَذَابِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُؤْمِنْ وَلَوْ جَاءَتْهُ كُلُّ آيَةِ But those whom are upon their misguidance and certainly punishment will be upon them, then they do not believe and they did not believe even if every ayah comes to them. حِينَ إِذِنْ يَتَذَكَّرُ so on that day they will then remember. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَأَنَّا لَهُ الذِّكْرَى That what will their remembrance avail them on that day? أَيْنَ يَكُونُ لَهُ الذِّكْرَى فِي هَذَا الْيَوْمِ الَّذِي رَأَى فِيهِ مَا أُخْبِرَ عَنْهُ يَقِينًا Where will or what will his remembrance benefit him on that day? When he sees everything he was informed of previously, and what is the purpose of him taking admonition on that day and realizing everything now? When the time for that has gone, the opportunity has gone, now you will remember and take admonition and realize the truth, but the time has gone. Your opportunity in this dunya has gone, it's the resurrection now. وَالْإِيمَانُ عَنْ مُشَاهَدَ لَا يَنْفَعْ لِأَنَّ كُلَّ إِنسَانِ يُؤْمِنُ بِمَا شَاهَدَ الْإِيمَانُ النَّافِعْ وَالْإِيمَانُ بِالْغَيْبِ Believing in something that you can see and witness, everybody believes in that. Everybody will believe in something that is there and it can be seen and it can be witnessed. But as for the reality of Iman that benefits a person is having the Iman in the unseen. The Iman in the unseen. As Allah mentioned right at the beginning, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who have Iman in the unseen. That is the test. All of the things about the Day of Judgment, have we seen them yet? But the test is to have the iman in them now. On that day when everybody sees everything happening, they will all believe then. They will all have iman then. They will see it all with their eyes. But then it's too late. The test in your iman is whether you believe now, believe in the unseen. So as Allah mentioned at the beginning, of the Mus'haf, you find it in Al-Baqarah, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ That is one of the characteristics of the upright believers, those who have iman in the unseen. So they believe in what the prophets and messengers told us about. They believe. They believe بِمَا أَخْبَرَتْ بِهِ الرُّسُلِ They believe in what the messengers informed us of. عَنِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَعَنِ الْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ What the messengers told us about Allah and about the last day. فِي ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ يَتَذَكَّرُ الْإِنسَانِ On that day a person will then remember 
ولكن قال الله عز وجل أنا له الذكرى أي بعيد أن ينتفع بهذه الذكرى التي حصلت منه حين شاهد الحق So now أنا له الذكرى It will not avail you now Now that you see everything and witness it and believe in it Then that will not benefit now So then they will say Allah tells us They will say يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي He will say Alas Would that I had sent forth Good deeds for this My life يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي يَتَمَنَّى أنه قدم لحياته وما هي حياته أهي حياة الدنيا لا والله الحياة الدنيا انتهت وقضت وليست الحياة الدنيا حياة في الواقع الواقع أنها هموم وأكدار كل صفو يعقبه كدر كل عافية يتبعها مرض كل اجتماع يعقبه تفرق انظروا ما حصل أين الآباء أين الإخوان أين الأبناء أين الأزواج هل هذه حياة ولهذا قال بعض الشعراء الحكماء لا طيب للعيش ما دامت منغصة كذا منغصة لذاته بأكدار الموت والهرم So the sheikh says here now when they say Alas, would that I had put forth good deeds for this my life During the life The sheikh says that they desire and wish That they put forth in their lives But what is the reality of life? Is it the life in the world? The sheikh says no by Allah The life in the world is then ended and finished and gone. And the life of this world is not the life in reality. The life of this world is filled with grief and concerns and worries. And every time some goodness occurs, then it follows up and some grief may occur again. And every time you have good health, then you end up at some point in bad health and illness. And every time you have some coming together and unification, then after that there is some separation. He says, look, where are our fathers, brothers, sons, spouses, that they come and they die and they go. So is this the reality of life? And then he mentions the poetry that there is no goodness in a life that itself is enveloped or dipped into the difficulties and hardships and griefs and death is the ultimate end of it. So, كُلُّ إِنسَانِ يَتَذَكَّرْ أَنَّمَ آلَهُ أَحَدُ أَمْرَيْنِ إما الموت وإما الهرم نحن نعرف أناسا كانوا شبابا في عنفوان الشباب 
عمروا لكن رجعوا إلى أرذل العمر The Shaykh says every person you're going to end up in two circumstances Either you die or you grow old and weak and feeble And then eventually death as well But perhaps a person dies before that Or if you don't then you grow old and become weak and feeble and old in that age And he says we knew people who were young strong men But then they aged And as they aged They went back to the weakness Of that old age And the shaykh says When you see some people in that old age And they are In a state Where they can barely look after themselves They can barely move And they're in that difficult old age That you feel sorry for them When you see somebody in that state حَتَّى وَإِن كَانَ عِنْدَهُمْ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ مَا عِنْدَهُمْ وَعِنْدَهُمْ مِنَ الْأَهْلِ مَا عِنْدَهُمْ لَكِنَّهُمْ فِي حَالَةِ بُؤْسِ Even if they have wealth or they have family But they are now in that old, weak age Where they are not capable of many affairs And they're in that kind of pitiful or difficult state some people وَهَكَذَا كُلُّ إِنسَانِ إِمَّا أَنْ يَمُوتَ مُبَكِّرًا وَإِمَّا أَنْ يَعَمَّرْ فَيَرُدْ إِلَىٰ أَرْضَ لِلْعُمَرِ فَهَلْ هَذِي حَيَاتِ So this is what every person is going to be like. Either you die young or you end up growing old into a state where you are not in a good state of affairs. The reality of life then, if that is not really the reality of life, this world, the reality then, الْحَيَاةُ هِيَ مَا بَيَّنَهُ اللَّهُ عِزَّ وَجَلْ وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ يَعْنِي لَهِيَ الْحَيَاةَ التَّامَّةِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ That the life of the afterlife, that is the complete life, if indeed they knew أَنْ يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي يَتَمَنَّى لَكِنْ لَا يَحْصُلْ That a person wishes that he could have done something for himself to better his circumstances in the afterlife. But there is no opportunity now. The chance has gone. أَنَّا لَهُ الذِّكْرَى That how will he avail from that now? It is too late. So then it mentions, فَيَوْمَئِذٍ لَا يُعَذِّبُ عَذَابَهُ أَحَدٍ So on that day, none will punish as he will punish. وَلَا يُوثِقُ وَثَاقَهُ أَحَدٍ And none will bind the wicked disbelievers as he will bind. Here, Sheikh mentioned some of the qira'at regarding this particular ayah that you can say وَلَا يُوثَقُ and وَلَا يُوثِقُ اَيْ لَا يُعَذِّبُ عَذَابَ اللَّهِ أَحَدٍ بَلْ عَذَابُ اللَّهِ أَشَدٍ وَلَا يُوثِقُ وَثَاقَ اللَّهِ أَحَدٍ بَلْ هُوَ أَشَدٍ That there is nobody who can punish like Allah punishes and nobody can bind as Allah binds And in the second uh, version of it, when you say لا يوثقوا, 
يعني في هذا اليوم لا أحد يعذب عذاب هذا الرجل ويعذب عذاب هذا الرجل ولا أحد يوثق وثاقه ومعلوم أن هذا الكافر لا يعذب لا يعذب أحد يعذب أحد عذابه في ذلك اليوم لأنه يلقى على أهل النار في الموقف العطش الشديد فينظرون إلى النار كأنها السراب So it is mentioned upon this version of the narration uh, of the ayah upon this recitation that there is no disbeliever or there is no one else who will be punished like him there is no other who is punished like him because he will be thrown into the people of the hellfire in that severe and significant circumstance or severe a situation and circumstance and they will then be looking at the people of the hellfire or they'll be looking at the fire they'll see that and they'll witness that and the shaykh mentions the punishments of the fire and the kinds of affairs that they will see and they will uh, uh, experience and we've covered some of those already in the previous chapters In some of the previous chapters, we covered the punishments of the hellfire and the columns of fire that will occur. So they will be in that fire then, and there'll be no one else punished as they are being punished in the fire to the extent that they then hope to exit from that fire. They hope to be able to get out of that fire, but it will be said to them, اِخْسَأُوا فِيهَا وَلَا تُكَلِّمُونَ And more than that, or what more can be said than that, as a humiliation for them and as a degradation for them. So when it mentions, فَيَوْمَئِذٍ لَا يُعَذِّبُ عَذَابَهُ أَحَدٌ وَلَا يُوثِقُ وَثَاقَهُ أَحَدٌ That nobody will punish as Allah will punish on that day. And nobody will bind as Allah will bind on that day. Bind them together, meaning... Uh, restrict them and constrain them to bind them together. So this is talking about the severity of the punishment that will occur upon them on that day. And then, يَا أَيَّتُهَا النَّفْسُ It will be said to the pious believers, O you the one in complete rest and satisfaction. ارجعي إلى ربك راضية مرضية. Come back to your Lord, well pleased with yourself and well pleasing to Him, to Allah. فدخلي في عبادي. Enter among my honored slaves. ودخلي جنتي. And enter my paradise. So النفس المطمئنة. يعني المؤمنة الآمنة. so يا أيها يا أي يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة المطمئنة here it is referring to the believers, the soul, the one, the person who is a believer. لأنك لا تجد نفسا أطمن من نفس المؤمن أبدا. المؤمن نفسه طيبة مطمئنة. Uh, you will never find anybody upon comfort more than a believer. The believer is the one who is constantly upon that state of comfort in himself. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, عَجَبًا لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ 
That how amazing is the affair of a believer. All of his circumstances are in goodness. In If some difficulty occurs to him, he is patient and so that is good for him. And if some difficulty overcomes him, or if some goodness overcomes him, then he is grateful and thankful to Allah, and that is good for him. So when some harm comes to him, he is patient, and that is good for him. And when some goodness and blessing comes to him, he is grateful and thankful, and that is good for him. So his circumstances all the time are in goodness. مُطْمَئِنٌ رَاضٍ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِهِ لَا يَسْخَطُ عِنْدَ الْمَصَائِبِ وَلَا يَبْطُرْ عِنْدَ النِّعْمِ So he is upon that contentment and satisfaction with the decree of Allah. Does not become upset at the times of calamity and distress and difficulty. And neither does he become arrogant and haughty at the time when blessings and goodness are given to him. بَلْ هُوَ شَاكِرٌ عِنْدَ النِّعْمِ صَابِرٌ عِنْدَ الْبَلَاءِ He is grateful when the blessings are given to him and patient when the difficulties occur upon him. فَتَجِدُهُ مُطْمَئِنًّا So you find the believer is content upon tranquility and calmness in his affairs at all times. لَكِنِ الْكَافِرْ أَوْ ضَعِيفُ الْإِيمَانِ لَا يَطْمَئِنُ but the disbeliever and the one who is weak in his iman, they do not find contentment and calmness and comfort in themselves or peace in themselves. إِذَا أَصَابَهُ وَسَخَطْ That when some calamity occurs to them, they become upset and they become uh, in a state of grief and sorrow and agitation and anger. وَرَأَى أَنَّهُ مَظْلُومٌ مِّنْ قِبَلِ اللَّهِ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ And they consider themselves to be oppressed by Allah. The ones who say, why me? Why did it happen to me? حَتَّى إِنَّ بَعَضَهُمْ يَنْتَحِرْ وَلَا يَصْبِرْ وَلَا يَطْمَئِنْ To the extent some people end up committing suicide. And they are not patient. And they do not have that comfort and peace in themselves. Always in a state of worry and concern and agitation and anxiety. عِنْدُ قَبِيلَ تَحْمِيهِ أَنَا لَيْسَ عِنْدِي فَلَا يَرَى اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ نِعْمَةِ لِأَنَّهُ ضَعِيفُ الْإِيمَانِ فَلَيْسَ بِمُطْمَئِنْ دَائِمًا فِي قَلَقٍ Some people, they think to themselves that I do not have any blessing. I do not have any wealth. I do not have any wives or children or any tribe or clans people to protect me I do not have anything Allah has given me no blessing and so for those weak in their iman like that they do not find any comfort and peace in and of themselves always in worry and concern 
ولهذا نجد الناس الآن يذهبون إلى كل مكان ليرفهوا عن يرفهوا 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 عن أنفسهم ليزيلوا عنها الألم والتعب. So you see people constantly going out to, like we said these days, holidays. Always going out on holidays or going out to other places to try and remove the stress from themselves. Always going out on holidays and vacations and trips to try and remove the stress and the difficulties from themselves. لكن لا يزيل ذلك حقا إلا الإيمان. But nothing removes that in reality except Iman. Holidays and vacations and trips and those affairs will not remove the stress and the difficulties from a person except Iman will. فالإيمان الحقيقي هو الذي يؤدي إلى الطمأنينة فالنفس المطمئنة هي المؤمنة مؤمنة في الدنيا آمنة من عذاب الله يوم القيامة So that content and sound person, the sound soul is the one who is the believer. The one who is the believer. Believer in this world, believer in the punishment of the hereafter, has belief in all of the affairs, has iman, so he is content upon that. Qala salaf kalima some of the Salaf, they said something which people would be amazed with. They said, لَوْ يَعْلَمُ الْمُلُوكِ وَأَبْنَاءُ الْمُلُوكِ مَا نَحْنُ فِيهِ لَجَالَدُونَ عَلَيْهِ بِالصُّيُوفِ هَلْ تَجِدُونَ أَنْعَمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا مِنَ الْمُلُوكِ وَأَبْنَائِهِمْ لَا يُوجَدُ أَحَدٌ أَنْعَمْ مِنْهُمْ فِي الظَّاهِرِ يعني نعومة الجسد لكن قلوبهم ليست كقلوب المؤمنين المؤمن الذي ليس عليه إلا ثوب مرقع وكوخ لا يحميه من المطر ولا من الحر ولكنه مؤمن دنياه ونعيمه في الدنيا أفضل من الملوك وأبناء الملوك لأن قلبه مستنير بنور الله بنور الإيمان so there's a statement of some of the Salaf, they said, if the kings, the rulers and the leaders and their sons, uh, if they were aware of what we are upon, what our state is, meaning the state of the believers with that contentment and peace in your hearts with Iman, if they knew about how we are, they would come and fight us with their swords upon that. And the shaykh says, but when you look at this, the kings and the rulers and the leaders, is there anybody better off than them in this world? There is nobody better off than them. They are the ones with wealth and they are the ones with the riches and the blessings and everything. But their hearts may not necessarily be like the hearts of the believers. Those who have barely a single garment to cover themselves with, barely any affair, of some type of covering to protect themselves from the rain or from the heat. But they are believers. They are believers. And so their world, the existence of a believer in this world and his blessings in this world are better than the kings and the rulers and the leaders. Despite all of the wealth that they may have, but the believer has the iman in his heart. 
which is that light in his heart, the light of Iman. And he mentions the story of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah when he was imprisoned and when they put him in and they locked the door that he quoted to them the ayah from Surah Al-Hadid uh, regarding the wall being between them of a door on one side, mercy on the other side, uh, punishment as is apparent. And that was to highlight to them that he is upon a state of contentment in his affairs. That he was mentioning that to them, to highlight to them the blessings of Allah upon him, despite him having been thrown into prison, having been imprisoned like that, he was highlighting to them that he is content in his heart, Content upon Iman. And then he, he mentioned some of the other statements where Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, Jannati fi sadri. That my paradise is in my chest. That Iman that he has in his heart, then whatever they may do to him and imprison him, he has that Iman and that contentment and that comfort in his heart. So then Allah says to that one, to the believing soul, to the believers, Return back to your Lord, pleased for yourself and pleasing to Allah. So go among my other believing servants. So here, that you are pleased with what Allah has given you from the blessings. Meaning that you are pleasing to Allah. And then, فَدْخُلِي الَّذِينَ هُمْ خَيْرُ طَبَقَاتِ الْبَشَرِ وَالْبَشَرِ طَبَقَاتُهُ ثَلَاثِ مُنَعَمْ عَلَيْهِمْ وَمَغْضُوبٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَضَالُّونَ وَكُلُّ هَذِهِ الطَّبَقَاتِ مَذْكُورَ فِي سُورَةِ الْفَاتِحَةِ اهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا servants. The righteous servants, those who are blessed, because the people are of three categories. Those who are blessed, those whose ang- Allah's anger is upon, and those who are misguided. So the first ones, and they are all in Surah Al-Fatiha. When you say, Sarat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim, those whom you blessed, and then, غير المغضوب alayhim, not those whom your anger is upon. Those whom Allah has blessed, they are the prophets and the truthful ones and the martyrs and the righteous. Those so everybody who knows the truth but opposes it has that characteristic of the Jews and those who resemble them. 
They knew the truth and they opposed it. Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, Man fasada min ulama'ina fafihi shabahun min al-Yahud. That whomsoever goes corrupt from our scholars, then he has a resemblance to the Jews. وَالثَالِثَ أَضَّالُونَ النَّصَارَى الَّذِينَ جَهِلُوا الْحَقِّ أَرَادُوهُ لَكِنْ عَمَوْ عَنْهُ مَهْتَدَوْا إِلَيْهِ The Christians who desired the truth, but they were blinded to it, and they were led astray and misguided, and they were not guided to it. And that's what Ibn Uyayna said, وَكُلُّ مَنْ فَسَدَ مِنْ عِبَّادِنَا فَافِيهِ شَبَهٌ مِنَ النَّصَارَى that everybody who goes corrupt from our worshipping ones, then he has a resemblance to the Christians. Because the ones who are worshipping or want to worship, they want to do that. But if they have no knowledge, then they go astray. As the Christians attempted to worship Allah, but without knowledge, so they went astray. So, udukhuli fi ibadi. في الطبقة الأولى المنعم عليهم ودخلي جنتي أي جنته التي أعدها الله عز وجل أوليائه Enter my paradise, the paradise that Allah has prepared for his righteous believing servants أضافها الله إلى نفسه تشريفا لها وتعظيما Allah associated that paradise to himself uh, to indicate an honor for the paradise and a greatness for it وَإِعْلَامًا لِلْخَلْقِ بِعِنَايَتِهِ بِهَا جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ And to highlight to the creation that Allah has given importance to it. وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ قَدْ خَلَقَهَا خَلْقًا غَيْرَ خَلْقِ الدُّنْيَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created that paradise in a way that is different to this world. خَلَقَ لَنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا فَاكِهَ وَنَخَلْ وَرُمَّانُ وَفِي الْجَنَّ فَاكِهَ وَنَخَلْ وَرُمَّانُ لكن ليس لكن ما في الجنة ليس كالذي في الدنيا أبدا. That Allah has created for us in this world certain trees and certain fruits and certain affairs that Allah has made for us in this world. But those types of fruits, pomegranates and other things that we have in this world, they are also mentioned to be in paradise. But there will be no resemblance between what we have here to what is found in paradise. And that is as it's mentioned in some of the narrations in paradise, there is what no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no heart has ever imagined or it has occurred to it. So Allah mentions, Enter my paradise, فَأَضَافَهَ اللَّهُ إِلَى نَفْسِهِ لِلْدَّلَالَةِ عَلَى شَرَفِهَا وَعِنَايَةِ اللَّهِ بِهَا وَهَذَا يُوجِبُ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَرْغَبَ فِيهَا غَايَةَ الرَّغْبَةِ كَمَا أَنَّهُ يَرْغَبَ في بيوت الله التي هي المساجد لأن الله أضافها إلى نفسه فكذلك يرغب في هذه الدار التي أضافها الله إلى نفسه والأمر يسير So a person desires to enter into that paradise just as he has that desire to be in the houses of Allah in this world the masajid then he desires to be in the residence of Allah meaning that paradise that Allah has are prepared for the believers in the afterlife. It's mentioned in a hadith, قال رجل للرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم دلني على عمل يدخلني الجنة ويباعدني من النار Tell me about an action that will get me closer to paradise and distance me from the fire. 
messenger said, you've asked about something tremendous and it is tremendous. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدْ In the Qur'an where it mentions the one who is, who, is, who is turned away, kept away from the fire and entered into paradise, then he is the one who has been successful. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ تَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَتُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَتُؤْتِيَ الزَّكَاةَ وَذَكَرَ الْحَدِيثِ and it's very easy for the one whom Allah makes it easy. Worship Allah and do not associate any partners with Him. And establish the prayer and give the zakat. And he mentioned the hadith. فَالدِّينُ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ يَسِيرٌ لَكِنِ النُّفُوسِ الْأَمَّارَةِ بِالسُّوءِ وَالشَّهَوَاتِ وَشُبُهَاتِ هِيَ الَّتِي تَحُولُ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَ دِينِنَا The affair is easy. To strive for paradise and do the good actions. But our souls, they drag us. The, the souls that command us with evil. They pull us to evil and to desires and to doubts. And they create an obstacle between us and our religion. And then the shaykh, he makes dua at the end. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Wa fil akhirati hasana. Wa qina adhab nar and uh, that oh Allah give us the goodness in this world and the goodness in the afterlife and protect us from the punishment of the fire that oh Allah do not misguide our, our hearts after you have guided us and grant us mercy from yourself indeed you are the one who bestows and grants that and that brings us to the end of Surah Al-Fajr in those three separate sections that we did. And that, inshallah ta'ala then, is where we'll conclude today. And then next time, we'll begin with the next section. We'll start on the next chapter, Surah Al-Ghashiyah, from the next lesson. Uh, you have the group where all the notifications come on. So uh, keep uh, an eye on that group because there's going to be a little bit of disturbance over the next month or so. I have to miss a few sessions here and there over the next month or so. So keep an eye on the notifications every week in that group. Telegram, what's up? What is it? The Telegram group, everybody sign on to it. Sign on to the Telegram group for the masjid. And you'll get the notification and updates about the class and if the times change or anything like that. So inshallah ta'ala, hopefully whenever the next class now we do it, we'll continue with that next section. Any questions or anything up to there? So there's a question about uh, children and parents and the rights of the parents that the children need to be aware of and to be warned from the walidain which is from the kabair from the major sins the rights of the parents in the quran you will notice the rights of the parents are mentioned at what level the highest Rights are the rights of Allah. Tawheed and staying away from shirk. 
After that, the next highest rights mentioned in the Qur'an are the rights of the parents. They are then the rights of the parents. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And do the goodness towards your parents. So the rights of the parents is of the highest of the ranks after the rights of Allah. And also the opposite being or, or, uh, not implementing the rights of the parents and being disobedient is one of the most major sins. If you look in the books of the Kabair, the major sins, Uqoqul Walidain is right at the beginning of all those books. It depends. Imam al Dhahabi, Imam Muhammad al Abdul Wahab, they both have Kitab al Kabair. But it's at the beginning, right at the beginning. You have maj, you have a shirk, you have magic in these things, and then al walidin comes in. <laughs> and which one? Dhahabi one. Mm. So Imam al Dhahabi has a book called Kitab al Kabair. Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has a book called Kitab al Kabair. Major sins in Islam. When you look at those books, right in the first few chapters at the beginning, not at the end. At the beginning, one of the first ones will be the major sin of disobeying the parents. Even if, imagine somebody becomes a Muslim and their parents are disbelievers still. They haven't become Muslim. Even then, Islamically, you have to obey them in everything other than what opposes the religion. Everything else, you have to still obey them, even if they go far. They say to you, go get the shopping, you have to go do it, obey them. But you do not obey them in haram. If they say, go get the shopping and the wine as well and the alcohol, you don't get that. But you get the rest of the shopping, you have to obey them. So there are a huge amount of rights and importance given to the parents and the children need to recognize that and know that. Because disobedience to the parents, there are narrations that speak about it. That it can cause harm to you and the rest of your affairs. The one who displeases his parents and the one who causes the anger of his parents. So it's enough to know that one of the highest rights is the rights of the parents straight after the rights of Allah. It's a high, high elevated right. And on the other side, disobedience to the parents is one of the highest sins. So all of the things linked to the obedience to parents is right at the top of the religion. It's not something minor or some secondary subject. So a, stu- a, 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 a child or the, the, the person, even grown up, should have a recognition of that regarding the elevated amount of rights that Allah has given to the parents. And then after that, there are many blessings mentioned to that as well. If the parents themselves give the good tarbiyah to their children and raise them properly, there's a hadith where it mentions a person is raised up in paradise, is elevated, raised in paradise, and he says to Allah, why is this? How did I get raised? He will say, because of the dua or the istighfar that your child made for you. Your child made dua for you after you died or sought forgiveness for you after you died and so you are being raised in paradise because of that. Self-harming ruling 
Haram of course. Self-harming is what we spoke about now. Some people they lose their hope and they, they say I've got no blessings, I've got no nothing, I've got nothing going for me in my life. And all these difficulties and hardships because of their lack of iman, they end up in self-harming and these types of things. So a believer who is in that kind of state of depression and anxiety and is self-harming, needs to bring himself to the masjid, needs to have the good company with the brothers or the sisters, needs to have the good company reminding him of Allah, reminding him of the ahadith, reminding him of the religion, having that good company and increasing your iman, then inshallah ta'ala that will aid you and help you to remove yourself from that type of state of self-harming. What else? Yeah, if you didn't fulfill some of the rights of your parents and the parents have been lost now, there are things you can do. Dua for them obviously. Making dua for your parents. You can also seek forgiveness for them. Ask Allah to have mercy upon them all within the dua. But then on top of that, you can give charity on their behalf. It is permissible to give charity with the intention of your parents. You can do hajj and umrah on behalf of your parents if they hadn't done it. So there are these certain types of actions that can be done on behalf of the parents even after they've died. And the reward goes to them. Give charity on their behalf. Do umrah or hajj on their behalf. Make dua for them. Seek forgiveness for them. All of these things can be done for the parents. Uh, Even that as well. Even after they died to keep the ties of kinship with the rest of the family. To your uncles and aunties and with the rest of the family connected to your parents. Keeping those ties of kinship is also a means of goodness to your parents. The water. The obligatory hajj. If somebody, if your parents hadn't done the obligatory hajj, they hadn't done the obligatory hajj of their lifetime, it's permissible for you to do hajj on their behalf even after they've died. And same with umrah. If they hadn't done umrah, you can do umrah for them after they've died too. The right of the children over the, uh, over the parents. Over the parents, it's like we mentioned in the conference a while back. Protect yourselves and your families from the fire. The rights of the parents or the, the rights of the children upon their parents is that the parents give them the correct upbringing in tarbiyah. All of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for your flock. So it is upon the parents to make sure that the children have the right upbringing and the right tarbiyah. If they don't give them that, then in future if the children grow up not having or fulfilling the rights back to them, then what do they expect? So it's upon the parents to make sure the tarbiyah is good in the first place. Yeah, kids are going to have the summer holidays. Uh, You have maybe six weeks or so for the summer holidays. Uh, Of course the children should try their best to come to the mosque a lot more. You have an opportunity to play and relax. But you have a chance now to come and pray in the mosque as well more. Come and establish the prayers in the masjid. Come with your parents. Come with your elder siblings. You have an opportunity in the six weeks. You're free. No school, no nothing. You can play. But then also you have time. You're not going to play 24 hours a day. You have time. Come to the masjid and come to the classes. And spend more time in the house of Allah with this free opportunity you have. Rather than spending it all on the streets playing all six weeks. So uh, 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 the children can try their best now in the opportunity they have to spend a bit more time in the mosque, come and pray their prayers in the mosque, the Jumu'ah prayer, the classes, and to get more accustomed and used to the mosque with the free time they have.
somebody starts practicing and they start taking knowledge from YouTube, then like Ibn Sirin said, This knowledge is religion, so look carefully who you take your religion from. It's like anything else. If you are sick, you have a serious illness, you are very sick, and you need to go to the doctor for some cure. But this doctor, everybody in your village tells you he's a terrible doctor. All the people who go, they say he made me worse. This happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. Terrible doctor. I'm not pointing at anybody. Terrible doctor. So then, would you go to that doctor? You would want to go find a good doctor, a better doctor. You would not say, no, he's a doctor. Let me go, he's a doctor. Everybody tells you, but we had problems with him and this happened and that. You would not go. Even not with a doctor, with your car. Something happens with your car and you want to go to the mechanic and they say to you, no, this mechanic, every time you go, he makes other problems in your car. Are you going to go to him? You're going to go to another one who's good and doesn't give you other problems and gives you good price? That's with the dunya we affairs. With your car or with your health. Then what about your religion? You don't care about your religion? Go to anybody? If you go to anybody for your religion, then go to anybody for your health and go to anybody for your car. Let them mess up your car. Let them mess up your body organs. You don't care. You care about those things. But you don't care about your religion. You go to anybody. The religion is even more important that you look carefully. Now when you have a big job on your car, it's going to cost you 500 pounds. They are saying 1,000 pounds. You're going to make sure you go and try and find the best mechanic. You're not just going to go to any garage. You're going to ask everybody, brother, what do you suggest? Where can I go? Who's the best place? Is he good? What does he charge? You're going to ask around. That's what everybody does if it's a thousand pound job. But when it comes to the religion, it doesn't matter. Just click YouTube anywhere, watch anybody, anything. This is a calamity. You care about your car, but you don't care about your religion. You care about your health, but you don't care about your religion. Even your children, if you want to get them a private tutor. You want to get them a private tutor for education, 20 pounds an hour, 25 pounds an hour. What do you do first? You sit there examining all the CV of that teacher. What, what experience does he have? What qualifications does he have? You check everything before you say, okay, I'll pay you, teach my child. Or you're going to say anybody, just pick any, you pick. You say to your child, just click anybody and we'll bring him. You wouldn't do that. If you won't do that on these things, then why are you doing it with your religion? Give more importance to your religion. Because if you become misguided in your religion, that is the biggest calamity. It is not a calamity if your car breaks. It is not a calamity if some problem happens, but inshallah afterwards you cure and get better. The calamity in your heart is the worst of the religion. So you have to be careful with that even more than the other affairs. Alright, ikhwan, keep uh, with that group. And then uh, you'll know what's going on with the uh, classes and the updates inshallah.